And the thing is, after all these years, I still look back with wonder. Hey there, Wonderlings. Angela Bowen here, the host of Looking Back on My Wonder Years, a Wonder Years podcast. Wow, it's been a while since I've said this. Well, the reason I'm doing this, and I know, you know, I've covered all the episodes in the Wonder Years. This is different. This is going to be a compilation podcast episode. And who is the compilation of, you ask? Well, that's a good question. What holiday is coming up on Sunday the 16th of June? What would you call it a holiday? Well, it's a special day that we honor our fathers. We had Mother's Day in May, and I apologize for not doing anything for Norma, but guess what? There's always Mother's Day next year. (laughs) So, yeah, I just thought, I've been thinking of this in my head for a bit. I'm like, you know what? Even though the show is over, doesn't mean that I can't do a compilation video on the characters. Like, some of my favorite scenes of them from episodes. And I just thought, I know another podcast uh, for the Golden Girls out on the Lanai had a compilation of some of the characters' best moments. And I just thought, this one in particular is going to be pretty much... Jack, as a father, we're not really going to get him having moments with Norma. That could be something maybe down the road. So the episodes I've picked. Excuse me. Oh, my goodness gracious sake. (laughs) I um, am going to do the scene from the pilot where Jack comes home from work. Because that's our first appearance of Jack as a father. Sitting at the table with his kids. And Paul is there and everything. Just your typical dad comes home from work, puts his briefcase down, Norma hands him a drink, he's had a hard day at work, she's giving him that vodka tonic, kind of take the edge off, and of course, good old Karen knows what to say to rile her father up, and she says, you know what, I just want to let you know, but I'm going to get myself some birth control. And you hear the steam, like the steam coming out of the ears. And he gets so angry. He pounds the table with his fist like, tell me I didn't hear what you just said. So I'm going to play that clip. But before I do, I'm going to go through a rundown of the episodes. My Father's Office, Season 1, Episode 3. I'm going to play a couple clips from that episode. One where Jack kind of wants to know about his dad and where he works. Because the question on the on the school bus ride home was, what does your dad do for a living? All they know is he works at Norcom. They don't exact, Wayne and Kevin don't know anything beyond that. So, he Jack comes home from work. You know, he's grumpy like he always is. Kevin wants to ask uh, Jack what he does. Like, what do you mean, what do I do? And he kind of blows up at Kevin. Norma, of course, goes to Jack and look, he just wants to know the kind of person you are. He wants to know what you do. He's just curious. So, of course, Jack's feeling guilty. And he goes into Kevin's room. Kevin's upset. He's been crying. You can see a tear on his face. 
And he's like, what exactly do you want to know? And Kevin's like, do you have an office? Do you have a desk? Do you have your name on your desk? All these, all these questions that, you know, a kid would get curious about what their parent does for a living. So Jack's like, well, you know, I, I can, um, why don't you come with me and find out? And of course, the clip I definitely want to play from that is going to be when Kevin and Jack are hanging out in the break room and they're talking about, like, what Jack really wanted to do with his life. So there's that. There's also the um, season one. See, this isn't going to just be between Kevin and Jack. It's also going to be between episodes of, you know, Karen and Jack don't have the you know biggest, strongest, bestest relationship. They're always buttonheads with each other. Uh, season one, episode four, Angel, when Karen brings home John Corbett's character, Lewis, who's got some ideas on war. He's against it, calls Jack out for being, um, the kind of, per you know, person that he is. Like, hey, you were fooled, your friends were fooled, they're brainwashed, and this and that. Uh, season two, episode two, Armist White, there's a scene where Kevin and Jack are just playing, you know, tossing the baseball around in the backyard. And Kevin's getting upset, like, how dare you talk to Miss White? I'm the one who's got a crush on her, and this and that. Season two, episode 12, Fate, the scene I'm going to play is from the dinner table where Kevin is, like, holding, <laughs> holding his jaw. He's trying to hide the fact that he's... <laughs> Got a broken jaw. Of course, Wayne spills the beans that uh, Kevin got into a little uh, tiff there with uh, Eddie Panetti. And Jack's like, what do you mean? You got into a fight? And Jack, you know, he's kind of busting, you know, cracking his knuckles. Like, he wants to go down and knock this kid into the wall. The powers that be. I want to play the clip towards the end with Kevin and Jack with Little Buster. It's just a sweet little scene. The Treehouse from Season 3, Episode 15, where they're building the treehouse, and they're kind of bonding. I like that. Daddy's Little Girl, Season 3, Episode 22, where Karen turns 18. She and Jack are really going at it as far as their button heads, and that just the ending scene with the birthday and everything like that was really, really sweet. When he gives... Her, his, uh, what is it, like a, a mess bag or a kit bag or something like that? Like a big bag that if she wanted to travel or for college, for laundry, whatever. And he, the dog tags, his dog tags come out of there. And she's like, oh, can I keep these? He's like, oh, oh, no, no, not, not, not that. Uh, season four, episode one, growing up, the family is spending Labor Day going to the Norcom Company picnic. And, of course... Of course, Kevin, he's at that age. He doesn't want to be treated like a little kid anymore. Jack's saying, I don't want you playing in that softball game. You're going to get killed out there. We got grown men throwing balls that are going like up to 50-some miles an hour. You're going to get your head knocked off. Kevin doesn't care. He's like, I'm playing in that softball game. I don't care what you say. So I'm going to play at the end of the clip where... Jack, you could see he's got a bandage about where Kevin hit him with a baseball. And they sit down and they have a little bit of talk. Uh, the cost of living. Kevin wants to get a job as a caddy. How convenient that Jack's boss also wants Jack to go golfing. Kevin ends up caddying for Jack's boss, who turns out, of course, to be a real jerk. 
And the scene I want to play from that one is going to be towards the end where Kevin gets that 20 bucks and he decides to treat his dad to lunch. We have season four, episode 12. And that is where, of course, Kevin and Winnie are broken up. Kevin decides he's in denial that Winnie wants him back. He throws a party and hopes to get her back. He makes her jealous, tries to make her jealous by bringing Madeline. And then, of course, Kevin makes a jerk out of himself. Yells at Winnie that their relationship didn't really mean anything to him. And that they need to stay away from each other. He leaves. He goes to sulk and cry in the garage but finds his dad's already there. And that is just a really beautiful, sweet scene as his dad gives him the advice. Like, just hang in there. It will get better. The road trip where uh, Jack and Kevin are sent to go get a suit. Oh, my goodness. Yep. We got the house that Jack built. Karen's living with uh, Michael. First time we see Michael. And Jack is not about this living situation with his 19-year-old daughter or 18-year-old daughter and this guy living together. That's not how he was raised. That's not the way of thinking that he wanted his kids. He did not want his kids to be living in sin. We have the lake. The, the clip I want to play from that is towards the end where Kevin wants to go to the drive-in to see Kara one more time before they leave. Jack made a fish. He wants everyone to eat it. He's telling Kevin, you are going to stay here. You're not going anywhere. And Kevin disobeys his father. So I'm going to play that clip. We have the hardware store. Uh, the clip I want to play from that. See, that's season 5, episode 3. Where Kevin's complaining about work being hard and Jack is kind of like writing, like kind of getting on his case. Like, excuse me? Five, season 5, episode 8, Dinner Out. I'm going to play the end clip where, uh, oh, um, I'm going to play the dinner scene where Jack is looking through the photo album. And also the end clip, end scene where Karen and Jack finally reconciled their differences. Road test, I want to play at the end where Kevin's trying to parallel park in the, in the driveway. This wakes up Jack. Kevin admits he failed his driver's test, that he needs some help. Private Butthead, this is Wayne and Jack's moment. Big time. Season 5, episode 14. Um, I'm going to play the end clip, definitely. And then, of course, the clip where Wayne is outright defiant. Like, he is going to join the army. He doesn't care what his dad says. Uh, we have Hero. I'm going to play the clip towards the end where Jack and Kevin are sitting at the diner and... Jack kind of laughs, looking at Kevin, like, you kind of remind me of myself, someone I know. Uh, fishing from episode si uh, or season six, episode two. Just Jack kind of sitting around the fire with, you know, the boys and just his plans for, one of these days I'm going to come up here and I'm going to build a place and this and that. And Kevin's being a real shit. He's just shitting all over Jack's dreams. Like, it's not going to happen. That's what I don't like. He's such a... He, I mean, I, I get the realism. I get that. But still, it's like, don't crap all over your dad's dreams. Uh, season 6, episode 6, White Lies, where Jack gives Kevin advice after Kevin says, I kind of started a rumor about Winnie and I sleeping together, even though it didn't happen. And Jack kind of tells him, you need to get your butt over there and apologize. Season 1, <laughs> sorry guys, season 6, episode 21, entitled Summer, uh, 
Kevin is working for his dad at the furniture factory, furniture shop, and things get really heated. He takes off. Season 6, episode 22, of course. His dad comes by to apologize with some clothes and everything. And then, of course, they make up at, you know, the end. They have a nice talk in the kitchen when they learn Jack is going to be a grandfather. So, yeah, just a bunch of different things. I'm just, I think it's fun just to kind of go through these and just just see Dan Loria's range. Just, it's, it's so good. The relationship that Jack has with his kids. He may not be the happy sunshine father like Mike Brady, but, or positive like Mike Brady and all that, but, uh, he, he's a great memorable TV dad, and I just thought Father's Day would be a great day to honor that. All right, so I have the DVD booklet here, and I just want to read this part. It says, uh, this is from the Wonder Years creators Neil Marlins and Carol Black. We started talking about the idea of doing a first-person narrated perspective of a young boy, and we were determined to do a movie. But the more we thought we talked about it, the more it became apparent that it would fit itself very well into a television series. So we outlined it, wrote it all within t about two weeks, and it fell right into place. It was one of the very first, the very few projects we've done that flowed very easily. So here's the plot summary for this episode. Kevin Arnold and his best friend Paul Pfeiffer are saying goodbye to their last summer as boys and preparing to enter our Robert F. Kennedy Jr. High School. Kevin and Winnie Cooper share their first kiss as Winnie mourns the loss of her brother, Brian, a soldier just killed in the Vietnam War. Here's Neil Marlins talking about the kiss. I think the kiss in the pilot may have been the first kiss for both Fred and Danica. They were very nervous, which obviously played to the scene. It was a tense and awkward moment by design in the story. But they were great. They were excited about it, too. They had a real affinity for each other. So, I'm, I'm not going to do that for every single episode. Um, just because it's the pilot and everything, so I wanted to do that. But, alright, let's hear the clip from the pilot. Dad always said hi to our friends, but it was like he had this understanding with the family. He worked hard for us, he provided for us, and he certainly didn't want to have to talk to us on top of that. My approach was to not make any sudden moves or sounds until he'd finished that first vodka tonic and hope that nobody else did anything that might have set him too much before then. I'm going to get some breast control pills. I thought you should know. Alright, so we move on to Season 1, Episode 3, My Father's Office. The first little clip I'm going to play here is Kevin trying to, to talk to his dad about what he does for a living. specific. No need to press the issue. No, I mean, 
What do you do? Huh? I work at Norcom, you know that. Yeah, I know, but what do you do there? Come on, Kevin, I work all day, and all I ask now is to sit here and watch this. Great. Is two minutes peace and quiet too much to ask for around here? Now, what do you want? Now, I was in bed, <laughs> sulking, so I can only imagine what happened next. But you have to bear in mind that when it came to surveillance, the KGB had nothing on my mother. Couldn't help but overhear a little bit. Overhear what? Just wants to know what you do, Jack. Knows what I do. I work at Norcom. Yeah, but he wants to know what that's like. Tell me to relax. I mean, what does he want to know? About the 7S14 <laughs> forms I got to fill out every time I turn around? About the whining customers? About the incompetent jackasses in shipping and receiving? Yeah. Yes, I think that's exactly what he wants to know. He wants to know more about you, Jack. I don't know why that's so hard for you to understand. So, Kevin's first attempt to find out what Jack does, I mean, first of all, you know, Kev, your, your dad's had a rough day. All the days for him are rough. That's probably why he has a heart attack later on at the end of the show. Um, and the approach, I mean, he just, he picked a time, like, hey, dad's sitting down. I can ask him a question. Of course, last thing, the last thing you want to do when you get home from your job is talk about your job. It's like, I leave work at work. That's what I do. I don't want to talk about it after I leave. But Kevin just is curious, like any other kid that wants to know what, yeah, I know where you work, but your company doesn't exactly define your duties. It isn't, you don't say, I work at Goodwill or I work at this place. Like, yeah, I know you work there, but that's not... You know what I mean? I mean, but... No, Jack is like, look, I just... I've had a rough day. I just want to watch TV. Can I do that? What do you want? Where do you work? Norcom. I work at Norcom. What do you do there? I... Ugh. I shovel other people's crap so you kids can... He, he's just... He wants... I get it. He wants to unwind. He wants to decompress. And, of course, Kevin's like, oh, forget it. He goes off to his room, and, of course, the narrator, you know, he says, I wasn't privy to this conversation, but this is my guess to how it went with Jack and Norma in the kitchen. She says, I overheard Kevin speaking to you. He just wants to know what you do for a living. And Jack gets all up on Norma. Look, this is what I do. All these forms I got to fill out. I got to deal with crappy customers that complain all the time. Got to do with incompetent people and shipping. Does he want to know about that? And she's like, yeah. Yeah, he does want to know about it. He wants to know about all of that, Jack. I don't understand why you can't just tell him what you do. He just wants to know a little bit about you. Is that so hard? And she leaves. And Jack is just kind of left there kind of contemplating, you know, those words. Like, I mean, think about it, Jack. When you were young, did you want to know what your dad did for a living? 
I'm sure, like I said, I'm sure all of us at one point in time wanted to know the extent of what our parents' jobs were. I'm sure at school we were asked, what does your mommy or daddy do for a living? You can't just say, well, he works at Bosch or he works at this factory or something like that. He works in the field, you know, that kind of thing. So Jack decides to go and talk to Kevin and kind of give him a little lowdown on, you know, a day in the life of working at Norcom. And Kevin, she's asking these questions, and Jack is like, well, how about I go you one better, Kev? How about I invite you to come with me to work? You know, kind of inventing the take your kid to work day, which I think they still have those. I remember when I went with my dad, it was actually, I think it was a new factory or something that it opened up, or a new they remodeled or something because it was a whole, it was a family day. I remember I was like maybe nine and they had balloons and um, there's this Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle like die cast cut like thing. It was really like, I got this little bag of like cool things, like maybe a magnet or um, a, a chip clip and just all these fun things. It was just really, really, it was a fun day and we got to eat out on the patio. It was just, it was a little bit from that day comes back, so. And I know I asked my dad not too long ago about when I was bringing that memory. Like, oh, yeah, it was when this... Uh, oh, yeah. I know, guys. I'm probably going to get weepy because... Like, it... Mm, this was going to be the first Father's Day without my dad. And it's going to be hard. And, um, my sister and I were actually finally gonna get to ordering that headstone, because it's been three months now, and I told Jeremy, I said, I want to go, even though there's not a headstone, I still want to go out there and see my dad, so. Hmm. All right, let's get to the next clip. Uh, hi, Kevin. Oh, no, pal. You think it's gonna be that easy? You hurt my feelings. And now you have to pay the paper. Uh, so, you want to know what I do at work, huh? That's it. Don't look him in the eye. Don't look him in the eye. Don't look him out. Jeez, what are you doing? You're killing me here. It's, uh... <laughs> no big deal, you know. Mostly pushing papers from over here to over there. It's... Not some big glamorous thing. Okay, fine. Look at him. Look at him all you want. Just no words, okay? What do the papers say? Uh, What's your office like? It's an office. Four walls, a ceiling, a door. Yeah, it's basically a room. You got file cabinets? <laughs> yeah, I got file cabinets. Why? I don't know. I just wonder. Look, Kevin, um, why don't you come into the office with me tomorrow, you see, for yourself. I'll write you a note, okay? Okay. 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 Good night. You said you're on for 6.30. I want to be waiting for you. 
All right, here's the next scene. It's going to be in the Norcom break room between Jack and Kevin. Ew, don't drink my crap. Yeah. Sure that's what you want? Yeah. I would be like daddy. Huh. <laughs> I learn something new every day. decide you wanted to become a manager of distribution and product support services? <laughs> Sorry. Just a funny sort of a thought. Really wanting to be the manager of distribution and product support services. I mean, it's a good job, but uh, it's not what I thought I'd be doing with my life. What did you want to do? What, are you kidding? Professional baseball player. Not really. Really? Well, I did have a fallback position. This job? No, not this job. I never told anybody this before. Not even your mother. When I was your age, I wanted to be captain of a ship. A captain of a ship? Yeah. You know, one of those big ocean liners or a freighter or an oil tanker or out there in the ocean in the middle of the night, navigating by the stars. Of course, they use instruments for all of that now, but I didn't know that. Yeah, I thought that'd be the greatest thing in the world. How come we didn't do it? How come? Well, you know, one thing leads to another. Went off to college, met your mom. Next summer, I got a job on a loading dock here at Narcon. father's office, I suddenly realized something that made a lot of things make sense. My dad was too good for this place. Sure, it was a good job, and we were all lucky he had it and all that. But my dad had something finer in him than S-14s and distribution reports. I'll never forget how I felt at that moment. I felt that my father was a great man. So yeah, Kevin wants to get coffee black just like his dad because Jeff's like, uh, are you sure you want this? And Kevin's like, yeah, yeah, I like it black. So they start, they sit down and they start talking and Kevin, of course, the first thing that comes to his mind is like, what do you really want to be? Did you always want to work at Norcom? And Jeff's like, <laughs> starts to kind of chuckle at that, like, well, no, I didn't really. This isn't really wasn't really the plan of what I wanted. I wanted to be a professional baseball player, which is funny because on the bus ride home between Paul, Kevin, Wayne, and Steve, they were having the what would you want to do, what do you want to do, and you know, they said professional baseball player or a football player, and it's just funny that it kind of, it kind of comes back to that.
And then, of course, uh, Jack mentions the old fallback position would be um, he wanted to be a ship's captain when he was about Kevin's age. And, of course, he said, well, they have, like, dials and stuff like that. He said, I want to work on, like, an oil rig or, or something like that. And um, it's just, it's, it's fun. Kevin's learning about his dad. And, you know, Jack says, I went off to college. Then I met your mom. And then we got married. And then, you know, I kind of ended up at Norcom. It's like, in a way, we do the things we have to do to get by in life. It may not be the most glamorous job, but as long as it's paying the bills until you figure out what you maybe really want to do in life, I say we got to make the sacrifices we got to make for ourselves to make our families happy, right? You know, Jeff, you know, was a family man. He knew, you know, he and Norma, he had to be the provider. So it's like, well, clearly a ship's captain is not going to be in the picture, Definitely not a professional baseball player. So, next thing is Norcom. Look at Homer Simpson, you know, when he, he wanted to work at that little uh, putt-putt golf course and then found out March was expecting, and he ended up having to go to the nuclear power plant. He's been there ever since. Sometimes we don't get the jobs we want, but we get the jobs we need to have. That's the sucky reality about it. I mean, if you go to college, you get the job you want and everything like that. But for those of us that maybe either can't go or the money is just isn't there and you don't want to take out loans that you'll be paying off the rest of your life, which I think if uh, Jack went to Nor uh, went to college, if he got out of the, you know, he probably had that GI Bill that paid for him to go to school, so he doesn't have any student debt. But um, it's just, it's a sweet moment between father and son. And Kevin is just seeing a side of Jack. Like, Jack at this moment really isn't just his dad. He's an employee at Norcom. And we all kind of wonder, it's like, our parents in a way wear different hands, hats. They have the parent hat, which they wear when they're at home. They have the work hat that they put on when they go to their job, and then they have the hat they wear when they're just them, you know? And I want to play this last little clip here as, you know, Jack had a rough day. He got yelled at in front of his kid, which, of course, has got to be like a punch to the gut. No one wants to get yelled at in front of their kid. That has got to be probably one of the most embarrassing things. So Jack and Kevin come in. They're both, like, undoing their ties on, you know, and just, just like Jack would do every single day that he would come home, loosening the tie, like, uh, can't get this thing off fast enough. So Kevin's in his room, looking out the window, and in the earlier in the episode, he does note that his dad likes to, you know, this is his way to unwind and just kind of clear his head. It's by using the telescope and looking at the stars. This is a sweet, sweet moment. So I'm going to play this clip. father stood there looking up at the sky the way he always did. But suddenly I realized I wasn't afraid of him in quite the same way anymore. The funny thing is, I felt like I'd lost something. 
sailors used to find their way home. One of the boys on our block was killed in Vietnam several weeks ago. Oh, I, I know. I mean, uh, Karen told me. Another meaningless death. I beg your pardon? I, I just meant that it's such a shame uh, a kid has to die for basically no reason. Or broccoli, anyone? I don't think it's meaningless when a young man dies for freedom and for his country. I just have a little trouble justifying dying for a government that systematically represses its citizens. Oh, honey, try the potatoes. I put grated cheese on them. What the hell is that supposed to mean? It means no. that the United States government is responsible for the oppression of blacks, women, free speech. Well, perhaps, little lady, you'd like to go live in Russia for a while, huh? Oh, I, I think what Karen's saying is that... Look, uh, Buster. I happen to believe that freedom and democracy have certain advantages that communist dictatorships don't, and that is what Vietnam is all about. No, man, that's what they brainwash you to believe it's all about. They... they turn people into brainwashed morons. My hunch was that my father would not let being called a brainwashed moron at his dinner table go by unremarked. So... you think I've been brainwashed, do you, Lewis? No, no. Look, I think anyone who supports the American war effort in Vietnam is having the wool pulled over his eyes. I see. Just like they did with Korea. The hell do you know about Korea? I was in Korea. I lost a lot of good friends there. Daddy, that doesn't have anything to do with what we're saying. And they weren't brainwashed. There were brave men who weren't afraid to fight for what they believed in. Now, if you're afraid to fight, why don't you just say so? Why don't you just admit that you're chicken? You're damn right. I am chicken. I don't want to die like your friends. What do you think that you achieved over there? Hmm? Do you think that those people are free? They're not free, man. Except to buy Coca-Cola and uh, Nestle's Quick, get loans from Chase Manhattan Bank. That's crap. You were used, man, and your friends were used. That's crap! Daddy, you never listen to what we say. Some of what we say is true. Don't accept all this death and then justify it. It is wrong. Your friends should be alive. They should be enjoying dinner and arguing with their kids, just like you are. What do you know about it? Who the hell are you to say that? You see this man? This is my draft notice. In two weeks, I can go to jail. I can go to Canada. Or I can go get shot full of holes like your friend Brian Cooper. You keep thinking the way you do, Mr. Arnold. And these two will be next. And I just hope that's what they want. Excuse me. This was a very, very powerful scene. And I'm going to definitely blame Karen on this. She did not say one thing. She didn't defend her father, which definitely she should have done. How can you sit there, Karen, and then say, Oh, Daddy, you should listen to us. Some of what we have to say is important. Karen, you're 17 years old. And you're hanging out with a college student who's got these crazy radical ideas. I mean, I get that everyone's okay to have their own opinion. But you are a... He is, this Lewis guy is a guest in somebody else's house. And when he starts taking shots at Jack, 
And not to mention, he called Brian Cooper's death another meaningless death. I'd be like, you need to go. Karen, why didn't you say, okay, you know what? You need to get out of Even Jeff, why didn't he say, get out of my house? You will not speak to me that way. And the fact that this guy even brings up Korea. And I'm with Jack. It's like, what the f do you know about Korea? I'm like, kid, you weren't even there. Some of these, I'm not blaming all college. I'm not. I'm not. But I'm saying that some of these kids come out of there with all these ideas and these opinions. And they're book smart in a way, but they're not life smart. And that's exactly what this Lewis is. He's one of those that is reading up on all this stuff and he's forming these opinions. And yes, I say that everyone's allowed to have their own opinion and stuff like that. But don't, and you go and you challenge someone's opinion and you start talking about Korea when you weren't there. You don't know what Jack went through. He's like, what the hell do you know about Korea? And Jack says, I lost a lot of good friends there. And the fact of the matter is... The reason I think this guy is so hyped up on this and he's making such a big stink about it is because he pulls out his draft notice and says, and what do you say, a few days, I can go to jail, I can go to Canada. I'm like, good luck. You go to Canada, you are not coming back into the U.S. because they will find you and you will be arrested. So say goodbye to your family and whoever because <laughs> you're not coming back from Canada if you skip out on going to Vietnam, because they will find you. What was there a movie, uh, I thought it was like in 09 or 08 or 2010 called Stop Loss. They had Ryan Felipe and Joseph Gordon-Levitt and uh, Channing Tatum about one of these guys that had served in the war and his time was up, but I'm guessing because of uh, upcoming war or something that he was pulled back in or he didn't re-enlist. But he was told by somebody who was trying to, like, get him out into Canada that you can never, ever have contact with your family. And then the guy is like, or I could go and go to Vietnam and be shot full of holes just like your friend, Brian Cooper. This guy is shitting all over Brian Cooper. He does not even know this guy. And then he, to top that off, at the end, he pulls in Wayne and, and Kevin. He's like... You keep thinking that way, sir, and your boys are going to be the next ones up to the front of the line when it comes time to be um, drafted or, or, or whatever. Because, yeah, wasn't it when it was time for Wayne, he, his number, he's like, it's not like he's going to get drafted. Because this actually does come back in um, Season 5, Episode 14, which I'll be covering that as I'm going down my list here of stuff. And it's just, this was just, it was, Dan Loria knocked it out of the park. He did so, and John Corbett, who plays Lewis, did amazing for that one scene, that, this showdown between them. It's, it's just this guy, and the fact that he kept saying, Cohen, Jack Mann, like, hey, like, I know it's like 1968 or 69, and that's just, it's, he doesn't have for anything or anybody, you don't go to someone and like, hey man, you're wrong, man, and, and you don't do that. But this guy is, I'm just, Karen, what did you actually know about him other than he was interested in marching for different causes of like children in other countries that are like 
starving and, and stuff. Like, she didn't really, I think she was just attracted to the fact that he is someone who is going on marches and all the, I think the fact that he's older too and he's just got all these ideas and he sucked her in hook, line, and sinker to the point where she was just going to sit there and not say anything. Like, don't talk to my dad that way. And she, that really, that was a low point for Karen for me. It's like, I can't believe you. And the only reason she's not really, you see at the end, he's dropping her off. And she's like, well, you only said that you were in love with her, not that you were sleeping. What? He's a college student, Karen. What did you think? He was just holding hands with her? Making out? Copying a feel? Because that's as far as he's getting Karen, but still, it's just, I don't know. But, all right, let's move on to the next clip. And the next clip, of course, is going to be from season two, episode two, Our Miss White. It's going to be that little uh, Jack and Kevin are kind of playing catch outside. Kevin's angry because Miss White, she wasn't flirting with Jack, but she was giving him kind of like the... Uh, the partial, like, head nod, the head tilt that Kevin kind of thought was just reserved for him. So, and it's just kind of funny that Jack's just wanting to play a friendly game of catch, throwing the ball around, and Kevin's just, he's throwing the ball too hard, he's getting angry. It's, it's just, it's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of funny. It's a, it's a cute moment. There's logic logic, <laughs> and then there's 12-year-old in love logic. Whiff! High and inside. The way I figured it, everything had been going great with Miss White. Until Dad came along. Ball two. What? Too high. That was not. I hated him for it. Ow. What are you trying to do? Break my hand? That was a strike. And so was the last one. What's the matter with you? Nothing. Yeah, Kevin's being a butt here, and what do I say? Nobody likes a butt. Isn't that right, little Quinn? That's right, she's lying in the armchair. <laughs> in the recliner. She can be a butt too, you know. Cats kind of are once in a while. Alright, now we're moving on to... Season 2, Episode 12, entitled Fate. Of course, the scene I'll be playing from this episode is going to be at the dinner table. Kevin got his ass kicked by uh, Eddie Panetti, got a punch to the jaw, which they're lucky they <laughs> didn't have to have his uh, jaw wired shut. The, that could have ended very badly. And this is, of course, the first time that Jack is hearing about this, so he's like, uh, you got into a fight? So yeah, the whole family notices Kevin's face is like really red on his cheek. Like, what is that on your face? Like, oh, that's nothing. Wayne's like, is that a hickey? What, on his cheek? You don't give a hickey. Clearly Wayne has never gotten a hickey. You get it on the neck or in other places. Yeah, Jack finds out that Kevin was in a fight. Like, whoa, 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 you were in a fight? Okay, you better tell me what's going on right now or I'm going to go down to the school and straighten this out myself. And the fact that Wayne is the one to break the news and he did nothing to protect his brother. You guys, don't they still go to the same school? 
I think they might. Why isn't he protecting his brother? Maybe they don't. But then again, this is season two. It's still the same school year. And in the pilot episode, he was having lunch in the same cafeteria as Kevin. So still, I mean, if he was going to a different school, he wouldn't have heard about Kevin's fight with Eddie Panetti. Sorry, I'm yawning, but this is like, ugh, my goodness. Well, this makes me think of that Boy Meets World episode. I think it's Corey's first day at high school. He runs into Harley Kiner, who threatens to beat up Corey and Corey's older brother. Eric steps in and says, you're going to have to go through me to get to my little brother. Wayne never, ever stuck up for Kevin. Now, except for when he took the blame when Kevin had that little rager party in season five. Actually, no, he didn't so much take the blame as he didn't exactly correct the parents who just thought Wayne was the one that had that wild party there. So I'm going to play this clip. You're not eating. I'm not hungry. Even if I had been, no way I was going to take on an ear of corn with a busted jaw. But you love corn on the cob. I'll take it. Thank God so far no one had even noticed my souvenir. With a little luck. Uh, Kevin, what's that on your face? <laughs> oh, um, it, it, it's nothing. Looks like a huge hickey. It's not. Kevin, what is that? Yeah, what the hell is that? <laughs> it, it's nothing, really. Eddie <laughs> Panetti. Who's Eddie Panetti? Wayne. Well, he's this guy in the eighth grade who rips out kids' tonsils with his bare hands. Wayne! Kevin picked a fight with him. I did not. Yeah, that's what I heard. Kevin, he hit you? Look, Mom, it's no big deal. He hit you? Kids today, they're animals. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I want to know what's going on here. I want to know now. Dad meant business. And the truth is, at that moment, I really needed him. Go on, tell him. Tell him you're in over your head. See, see, there's this kid. That's it. There's this kid who's twice your size and you're afraid. And there was this fight. And there's going to be more of them unless somebody does something to stop it. Go on, tell him. And that's all. It's over. It's over. Oh. Yeah. I guess I was hoping he'd see through me. See I was lying through my teeth. See a scared little kid who didn't have a... Well then, it's over, it's over. Yeah. That's what I said. I love how the whole family kind of get on got on Kevin this whole what is that on your face his cheek would be like probably red and blotchy like it's got a fist print in it and it's probably swollen they act like he's got a big old hickey on his cheek which he doesn't it's like come on and of course Wayne's no help with saying oh Kevin got in a fight today with Eddie Panetti it's like he didn't necessarily get into a fight he pretty much had no choice, and he just got hit in the face. So now we're moving on to Season 3, Episode 12, entitled The Powers That Be. In this episode, Grandpa Arnold visits, that would be Jack's father, 
Albert, and he brings a surprise with him, a little beagle puppy for Kevin. Kevin's always talked about wanting a dog, and the thing is, Jack and his father don't really see eye to, dot, to eye with this. And they really argue about the fact, like, hey, Jack just wants respect in his house. He doesn't want his dad coming in. He doesn't want him giving Kevin a dog. He didn't even ask Jack. He's like, here's your dog, Kevin. I hope you like it. Now this is going to be a confrontation between your dad and I. And it's just going to get really, really heated. And then eventually Kevin's going to feel guilty and give his grandpa back the puppy because he wants his dad and grandfather to actually get along. Well, I don't think returning that puppy is really going to make much of a difference. However, at the end of the episode is where I'm playing the clip where his grandpa's gone. And Jack's outside in his work clothes walking little buster and it's so cute and I like the scene because Jack is almost like he's asking Kevin he's like I think we need this dog son and it's just it's such a sweet moment and it just you know talks of fathers and sons so I'm gonna play this clip I guess I should have been happy but I wasn't Not a bad little pup. He's got spirit. Dad, what did Bams leave? You didn't send him home, did you? No one ever sent your grandfather home before he was ready. Oh. Gramps and I had a little talk this morning. kind of agreed that uh, you should keep the puppy. You did? We thought... I don't want it. And I didn't. I was sick of that puppy. I was tired of being a pawn. First you tell me I can't have a dog. And then you tell me I should keep... What about my decision? Doesn't that count? Of course it counts. Well, you sure don't act like it. What's so funny? Remind me of someone I know. I don't know. I guess it runs in a family. I hope you decide to keep it, Kevin. I think we need a dog. You, me, Gramps. I think we need to do this. And for some reason, maybe the way he said it, I began to understand. We need a dog, son. He wasn't giving me an order. My dad was asking me for help. As I stood with the man who was my father, the son of my grandfather, who would one day be the grandfather of my sons, I realized something, that not all gifts are simple, 
that some battles are fought out of love. That was just such a sweet moment between father and son. I really, really liked it. So the part I want to play here from the Treehouse episode, Jack and Kevin are working on the Treehouse, and they're, they got their sodas, and they're just talking to each other, and they're getting along, and it's just really, really nice. My dad and I. treehouse, at least the ground floor, was looking pretty darn good. As Dad and I kicked back and hoisted a couple of cool ones, I had the strangest experience. Dad was talking to me, and I was listening. A rope ladder. We were communicating. That's the idea. It was one of the nicest moments we'd ever shared, and it lasted about 12 seconds. Yeah, and I like how they mention like a, a little uh, a rope ladder type thing so kind of like Norma doesn't start sneaking up there which is really cool. Uh, of course their bonding only lasts for like 15 seconds because all of a sudden we hear this lady humming this lady just happens to live next to them and the treehouse that they're building the platform at least, the floor part is high enough that they can see into this lady's backyard, this lady that just happens to be doing um some gardening and her outfit i know it's like 1970 but i mean her boobs are like out on display and, and <laughs> but just i think and this episode also has to deal with when they, the episode starts their fr uh kevin and paul's friend doug is just slack jawed his jaw jaw is like to the floor because his dad was telling him about he was giving him like a sex ed talk to the point where he even used the term genitals are you kidding me whoa so of course kevin's worried about the talk that every teenage boy usually a parent's gonna sit you down you know, if you're a boy, it's probably going to be your dad. And he's going to tell you about the ins and outs and the inner workings and all that stuff. And Kevin, of course, is at home on the couch. He's spread out, you know, stretched out, reading a book on the human biology. And, of course, he's got the book over to the very end of the book. And you see, like, reproduction and stuff like that. Because you see, like, uh, babies in amniotic fluid. And, of course... Jack comes there, you get in slow-mo his voice, Kevin's thinking he's gonna, you know, do the sex talk there, and actually what Jack wants is for Kevin to, like, move his legs so he can sit down. 
Jack apparently is either on vacation or he's out of work for a week or so. And he's just kind of putzing around the house doing, you know, fixing things. He goes after Norma's china cabinet, the hutch. He wants to fix the hinges. Norma's like, please don't touch my, my stemware. In fact, why don't you and Kevin do something? Play catch outside, go see a movie. Hey, how about this? Build a treehouse. Kevin's like 13. That... Eh, he's getting a little too old for a treehouse. So, um, Jack finally, he's like, yeah, sure. You're never too old for a treehouse. So he gets the lumber. Kevin actually gets to cut a piece, uh, or one of the boards with the, uh, the saw. The, is it a cylinder saw? The round one? And they're just, you know, minding their own business. They're actually sitting one night at the table and Norma's kind of watching them bond over making plans and, you know, what they want to do. And now they're up in the treehouse here. They're getting the platform down and they're drinking, like, some pop and whatnot. And then this lady comes along with her humming and kind of interrupts their little bonding time. And it's almost like, well, now we're bonding over the fact that there's a pretty single lady right in the backyard. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, I do have the the, the full Treehouse episode pot uh, that I covered if you if you want to go to that and listen to it because it's just hilarious. I remember having such a fun time recording that. So, now we're going to move to Season 3, Episode 22, entitled Daddy's Little Girl. In this episode, Karen's turning 18. She does not want to party. She's an adult now. And she and Jack, you know, they've always been at odds, but even more so now that she is, in her mind, a legal adult. And she doesn't want to go to college. She wants to kind of travel. She ends up going to college anyway. But um, Jack's looking for something to get her for a gift. He ends up just giving her his old kit bag from the war. He's like, you can use it, like, to, you know, carry stuff in or laundry or if you even want to travel. And then, of course, his dog tags come out of it. And she's like, oh, yeah, can I have these? And he's like, oh, not, not those, not those. And the look they share between them as she hands them back, it's almost like their hands are, like, just there. And they're looking at each other. And, you know, he's letting her go. You know, that's his baby. That's his firstborn. And, just, and it's his daughter. You know, he's going to view her differently than the boys. And he's just having a hard time letting go. But it's a sweet, sweet, sweet scene. So that is the cliff that I'm going to play. There's my ride. Gotta go. And I guess that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Not so fast. You're staying here. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. I'm leaving, Daddy. And even though I'd been hearing those words for weeks, suddenly I was hearing something new. Or maybe it was as old as children, and parents, and families. You're not going until you open this. <clears throat> what is it? Open it. my kit bag from the core. 
is going to get you, uh, you know, no one. But I thought you'd like this better. It's uh, for college. Or if you go someplace. Either way, you got to have something to put your clothes in. And, uh, this one got me through a lot of rough times. I love it. <laughs> These two? Uh, those are mine. sister's 18th birthday a lot of things happened maybe more than she knew because that night when my father let Karen go out he let Karen go maybe that's how it had to be children leave and parents stay behind still some things are deeper than time and distance your father will always be your father. And he will always leave a light on for you. Oh, <laughs> oh that that oh, that scene of that episode always makes me tear up and cry. It really gets me in the feels, in the heart. The next episode we're doing, we're moving to season four, the first episode of season four, entitled Growing Up. This episode is set around the Labor Day weekend. There's a Norcom picnic. Jack doesn't want to go, but Norma insists. It's something to do as a family. And, of course, Kevin's out to prove himself. You know, he's 13 years old, and he does not want to be treated like a kid. His dad was kind of making fun of him. Because he's like, hey, what do you... Because Kevin wanted to grab a beer. Because Wayne is... I don't know. Is Wayne old enough to drink at this point? Maybe... It, the legal drinking age was 18, but I doubt it. I don't know. Maybe it was 17. Kevin goes to grab a beer, and of course Jack is like, what are you doing? Here, 
Hey, kid, guys, look at my kid here, the beer drinker. Stick to ginger ale, okay? I want to play this clip because this is funny. That's pretty much the boiling point for Kevin. It's just like, hey, I'm going to play in that softball game and you're not going to stop me. The softball game he's referring to, of course, is the one where all the men from Norcom get together and they play a softball game. And, of course, Jack was basically forbidding Kevin, like, you are not going to do that. These are grown men out there playing. The balls are going to be going probably at least 50 miles an hour or more. You will get killed. They will slam you in the head with a baseball. But no, actually, uh, Kevin ends up hitting a home run, which hits Jack right in the face. Because Jack ends up taking over for the pitcher for Kevin. Like, hey, let me do this with my son here. And he's throwing some, like, underhand throws. And it's just, Kevin is like, enough of this. Throw me something that's better than dead wood, which is the nickname. He knows how to rub Jack the wrong way. Because Jack's super, or um, his co-worker ends up getting promoted over Jack. So he's really salty about that. And of course, Kevin knows exactly where to kick Jack in the junk when it comes to pissing him off. And Kevin slams that ball on the, out of the park. However, no, the ball hits Jack, knocks him out. And the clip, I'm, I'm going to play the one with Kevin trying to sneak a beer and Jack catches him. So I'm gonna, I just find, and then I will play the clip at the end where Kevin, it's nighttime, Kevin is sitting on one of the boats that is overturned, Wayne's just left after his girlfriend Angela broke up with him. And Jack ends up coming up. He's got this big bandage on his forehead, and he just sits down to talk to Kevin. Confused. Suddenly, I was seeing things in a new light. A lot of things. Here he came. Maybe he wanted to talk. About Detweiler. The promotion. I know I did. Dad? What the hell are you doing with that? Hey, guys. My kid, the beer drinker. <laughs> you stick to ginger, okay? Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? Well, take this. Hey! I'm playing that softball game, and you're not going to stop me. This reminds me of the time I might have been maybe about 16, 17. I can't remember. But my dad asked me to get him a beer. And, of course, I took the can, popped the top... And I was on the other side of the house, and I took a swig from it, and I went and handed him. He's like, what is this doing open? Did you drink from this? And of course, he's with, like, family or, you know, friends, so he's got to play it off like, <laughs> we'll talk about this later. And Kevin, in, in his head, is saying, oh, maybe Dad wants to talk about the promotion he didn't get, and Detweiler, and this and that. And I'm thinking, <laughs> no, he wants to talk about the beer that you're holding. Whoa, Quinn, get off the keyboard! Oh my goodness, she just wants to get away from my r rabbit. Do not jump up there, there's a candle burning. You're going to set the house on fire, Quinny. Just chill, just lay there on the couch. He can't get you from there. I don't understand why you're so scared of him. He's not going to bite you, right? You're much, you're like three times the size of him. You'll be fine. It's funny the thoughts that go through your head in those moments before death. I remembered Winnie. I wondered 
who was going to feed my fish. Hi, Dad. As it turned out, though, Dad hadn't come to kill me. Guess you heard about that, while I'm... I guess Dad wore long pants, too. It's okay, Dad. Lucky shot back there. Should have ducked. get old. I wasn't sure whether he meant me or him. I guess we both knew it didn't really matter. We didn't really have a choice. <laughs> Growing up is never easy. You hold on to things that were. You wonder what's to come. But that night, I think we knew it was time to let go of what had been and look ahead to what would be. Other days, new days, days to come. The thing is, we didn't have to hate each other for getting older. We just had to forgive ourselves for growing up. I like when Jack sits down next to Kevin and he's just like, don't ever get old, Kev. And I like Kevin in his thought of thinking, wondering like if his dad meant him or if he was referring to Kevin. And I gotta say, guys, the writers of this show are phenomenal. Daniel Stern, honestly, is the best. I cannot see or imagine anyone else doing the narration. The book, and especially the end quotes, just before the the um the credits go uh, go up and the scene fades to black, it's just they leave you with such a beautiful message in a way and. Just an outlook. It's, it's just great. And I like how this is just like how Summer Song ended. The family might fight and argue, but at the end of the episode, in Summer Song, you see them walking down the beach, which is just like in the beginning of that episode, you saw a home video, a younger version of everybody, except for Jack and Norma, walking together just in a line and just whole, hanging on to each other like, such an amazing family. And then you see at the end, Kevin's just walking, you know, along the water's edge and sees his mom, dad, Karen, and Wayne. And then, of course, 
Kevin runs up behind his dad and like jumps on his back. Like, Dad, give me a piggyback ride, even though I'm like 13. <laughs> but it's just so sweet. And even here, everyone was arguing. Jack didn't want to come to this thing. But in the end, everyone's sitting around the campfire with all these other families and just singing together and just reflecting on things. And I love how Norma is always like, in, in the Summer Song episode too, she was like, Karen's not going to be here. She's going to be off to college soon. We need to make the best of what we have together as a family. So, of course, the next episode I want to focus on a lot of here is from season four. The next one's going to be season four, episode four, entitled The Cost of Living, where Kevin takes a job at the golf course as a caddy, where Jack and his boss, Ken, or Kent, or whatever his name is, is they're having like a little business meeting, and Jack is kind of like Ken's lapdog. Kevin ends up getting the big money here, which is Ken is the one that gives a $20 tip. Kevin has no choice but to just suck it up. When Ken starts losing, he gets really pissy. He has Kevin like jump into a pond to retrieve his golf ball. Oh, no, I think it was his club that he chucked in there because he was being a whiny little bitch. And Kevin's like, I want that 20 bucks. I'll wash my clothes later. I'll probably smell like pond water, but I want that 20. And at the end, just he and his dad sitting there on that bench. Kevin's just buying the 20 that he got. And then he decides to, you know, instead of spending it on something, he wants to treat his dad to lunch, which is such a sweet, sweet moment. And it's just a lot of these are going to be either father-son moments or they're going to be with him and Karen. There is another one of Karen coming up, so. Oh, first before that episode, I want to play this one where Jack is doling out money for, you know, basically allowance to the boys. And then, of course, he's got to throw in a lecture, so I'll play that one real quick. Allowance. There's the word. Allowance. The lifeblood of adolescence. Two. Three. The fine line between expectation. Four. And reality. Four bucks again? Not to imply we weren't grateful for Dad's largesse. We just weren't. Come on, Dad. Give me a break here. I gotta live, you know. I mean, gas, girls. <laughs> but when it came to taking yeah, pity on our financial lifestyles, Dad was impervious. You know what the problem with you boys is? Uh-oh. You don't understand the value of the dollar. When I was your age, I had to walk to school. 30 miles. Blizzard. Outdoor plumbing. Faced with a barrage of this magnitude, resistance was futile. Four beans? I can't believe this. <laughs> Kev? Still no sense looking a gift horse in the mouth, especially one the size of my father. Here, Dad. One. <laughs> two. <laughs> no getting around it. Thanks. The buck stopped here. So yeah, I just wanted to play, <laughs> play that clip. Wayne gets four bucks. 
Kevin gets too. I get it because there's an age difference. So Kevin's a little irritated. Like, I can't get anywhere on two bucks a week. So Jeff's like, I'll give you a raise, but you got to do more for me. He gives him, what, a couple more bucks and maybe whatever change he's got in his pocket? And Kevin was, like, really working his behind off in the backyard. You know, cleaning out the garden, getting the weeds out of there, and, like, using a broom to, like, whack the rug. And that was really dusty. Oh, my goodness. But, you know, Jack's the one that, that holds the purse strings in that family. So, uh, yeah. So I'm going to play this clip here. Where Kevin gets his money, decides to take his dad out to lunch. Ready? Um, yeah, ready. That day, I began to realize something about this man I was trying so hard not to be like. How are you holding up? I'm a little tired. He understood the value of money and the cost of it. It's too bad about that pot. Pot's a pot. Could have made it, Dad. Maybe. I guess Dad knew he could lose a game and still not lose his manhood. His pride didn't hinge on a stupid shot or some shiny new clubs. And I suddenly knew exactly what I wanted to use my money for. Dad? Can I buy you lunch? Whatever you say, Kim. It was the first time I ever really said thank you to the man for all he'd given me. Okay, I kept saying that he got a 20. No, I was looking at it. I think that's a 10. That's not a 20. And that's a, a country club, so I bet... Well, I'm sure that that stuff wasn't, like, what we would call today expensive. So I'm sure Kevin had enough for two meals and two drinks and the tip. So Kevin definitely learned the value of a dollar. I mean, he's, like, either that sweat or pond water. And he just... His dad's, like... Whatever you say, Kev, when Kev says, hey, Dad, can I treat you to lunch? And that's just sweet. And I love how Kevin says this is the first time I ever remember saying thank you to the band for all that he'd done for me. All right, now we're going to get into a sad episode. This is the episode where Kevin and Winnie are broken up. Kevin decides to throw a party to, in hopes to get Winnie back. Kevin brings Madeline, but he just ends up spending the night kind of showing off for Winnie, proving that he doesn't want her back to try to make her jealous. Of course, Winnie calls him on it. Kevin gets angry and tells her, why don't we stay away from each other for a while? And to tell you the truth, our relationship didn't mean as that much to me, as much as you thought it did. And Kevin leaves, goes out to the garage to kind of cry and sulk, realizes his dad is there, and then his dad's like, oh, wow, you're home early from the party. Everything go okay? With, you went with Winnie? And Kevin is just, he, he's about ready to go inside, but he know, he's like, I don't, didn't think I was going to even make it to the door without bursting into tears because he was, had been holding it in for so long. And his dad is there 
to wrap his arms around his son and hold him and tell him that things are going to get better. It'll just take time. And I'm already getting choked up about it because it's just so sad. And it's such a heartwarming moment between father and son. That night I didn't feel much like going home, facing the inevitable questions. It was only 9.30, so I thought maybe I'd hang out in the garage for a while. Maybe spend the night there. Unfortunately, someone else was already hanging out in the garage. Dad? Hey. What are you doing? I'm trying to get this damn mower repaired. pretty much over with us, you know. But I knew I wasn't going to make it inside. The next episode I'm going to focus on is Season 4, Episode 16, entitled Road Trip. This is where Norma sends Jack and Kevin on a little road trip to go to, I'm guessing, Randolph's. One day, spring clearance sale, suits with two pairs of pants for 35 bucks. That is a dang deal, since now you probably can't get a pair of pants. You definitely cannot get a suit for $35, let alone... Two pairs of pants for 35 bucks. You maybe get a pair of pants for $35, depending on the brand and where you go. I think I'm going to play a couple scenes. The first one, of course, is going to be Jack and Kevin are on the road. And I get it's kind of because they're, you know, he's, he's a teenager and Jack's a father. And they really are just trying to find some something to talk about. You just can tell that it's hard for Jack like, trying to come up with something. Like, how's Paul? Uh, how's school? And Kevin is like, good. Uh, he's great. Yep, yep. It's like, Meh. Dad, you don't have to do this, you know. Hell, we don't. Bye-bye. <laughs> yep, this was gonna be some fun. Me and the big guy. 
sharing a little quality time. Still out here on the open road, maybe this was a chance to reestablish communications. So, how's school? Good. Ball? Good. Bounce around philosophies, sink our teeth into the big questions. How's work? Lousy. The thing is, I knew it was just a matter of finding a common ground, something we were both passionate about, something yeah, like... Right yeah. So, and of course, Kevin, I'm thinking, the one topic you probably don't want to bring up to your dad is work. But then again, it's like, what else are you going to talk about? The weather? Look at the weather. The sun is actually out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> of course, Jack asks his two questions. How's school? How's Paul? And Kevin's like, good, good. Well, that's all the questions. Oh, and you asked me about my job, so there's really nothing else to ask. Turn on the radio. And, of course, what happens? <laughs> Father-son, battle over the radio stations. Hmm. What Disney movie did a similar scene? 1995's A Goofy Movie. Remember when they're taking that road trip? And they're taking a road trip all the way from probably clear across the, the country. From, like, where Illinois or wherever they live all the way to, like, California or somewhere. And, of course, Goofy's got a tape playing the Rubber Tree song. There goes another Rubber Tree. Max, of course, is into the rock music. And they get to the point where Kevin and Jack get to where at some point it's just they're just hitting Buttons, they don't care what station, they're just doing it to piss each other off. And eventually, <laughs> in a Goofy movie, that tape that uh, Goofy's got in the tape deck there just starts spilling tape out. Like, oh, great. Breaks the radio. Like, great, Dad. Now we don't have any radio at all. I was actually just talking to my grandma about this on Friday. when I, actually, I went to visit her. I haven't um, really talked to her really since the funeral my dad's funeral and Nicole and I uh, went out to finally pick out uh, my dad's headstone and we went out to lunch and after Nicole hugged me, hugged me she said because she had talked to grandma she said oh by the way call your grandma because she says he hasn't heard from you since the funeral and yes I'd been avoiding it and the thing is is that we were talking about radio stations because grandma's like, really, who listens to the radio anymore? I'm like, yeah, right? I mean, who listens to the radio, right? But I remember grandma, whenever she'd come to pick me up, we'd go see a movie, go to the library, whatever. And she'd have on 13 a.m. Uh, wood, you know, the, the talk radio station, uh, Wood 1300. And I said how... And I did this with anybody whose car I got into. I'd always ask if I could change the radio station. I would never just abruptly go and change it. Although, when I was uh, a teenager, like 15, 16, 17, I was listening to uh, WGRD, like the rock station, you know, Bush, Counting Crows, Cheryl Crow, Alanis Morissette. And my dad, you know, and I still listened to, to country back in the day. And my dad would be like, what did you turn the station to? What is this crap you're listening to? 
<laughs> I just, you know, and that just brought that up. Because then I was telling Grandma how Grandpa used to listen to Paul Harvey on the radio. Of course, he let me change it to the country station. That's the thing I always noticed. When you want to end a conversation in the car, what do you do? You turn the radio on. When you want to have a conversation, what do you do? Or at least this was what my dad did or whoever did when they wanted to talk to me in the car. Boop! Radio goes off. And then this sense of dread overtakes you like, oh, great. Here we go. They want to tell me about something I'm doing wrong, clearly. I'm going to play this clip. Well, Jack's got the radio t turned up. Kevin's like trying to shout over and like, hey, do you think you'd turn it down? And Jack's like, what? And Kevin's like, never mind. And then all of a sudden, they end up passing the exit. Jack's not even paying attention. Of course, he's not going to be, he's not going to listen to Kevin saying, you made a mistake. Because in his mind, no, he doesn't make mistakes. Easy listening music. You mind if we turn that down? What? Never mind. At least it solved the communication problem. If not the navigational one. Dad? What is it now? I think we just passed our exit. Nah. What are you talking about? It's not for another eight miles. I'm tracking it here. Yeah, but Mom said that it's... Hey, your mother never drove a half-track halfway across Korea, okay? Maybe so. But unless I was mistaken, this was not Korea. Dad, I really think that was... Trust me. It's the next one. <laughs> what <did> we say? <laughs> So, of course, Jack isn't paying attention to the exit signs. You want to know how he's tracking it? Using the odometer. He's like, because Kevin's like, hey, Dad, we missed our exit. And, of course, Jack's like, well, no, we didn't. See, I'm tracking it here on the uh, odometer. Or this, and it's just like, Kevin's like, no, Mom said we're supposed to take this to this. And then Jack says, well, well, your mother never drove. What do you say, Ed? Uh, some type of machinery across Korea. Don't know what that has to do about anything. But apparently Jack is just like, I'm tracking it. So he's watching that instead of watching the road and watching the signs. And Kevin's like, whatever, you know what you're doing. Because Jack's like, trust me, it's the next one. Like, whatever. Guess what? They wound up on a dirt road with a roadblock sign on it. And Jack is so adamant, like, this shouldn't be here. What is going on? And let me pull out this map, because it's clearly going to show that there shouldn't be a road sign here. Like, oh, you gotta be joking. Jack is the type of person that, in his mind, he doesn't make mistakes. Things pop up that shouldn't be there, and then there's no real logical explanation, and he can't get past that. He's what people would call a hard-headed person. Like, you can't tell them they're wrong. They'll argue about it till the, till the sun goes down. And even if you spot it out every possible way to prove them wrong, they'll still disagree with you. Took the next exit. What's this? I 
think it's a dead end. This isn't supposed to be here. True, theoretically speaking. Well, maybe we should just turn around. <laughs> turn around? Yeah. You know, go back to the highway and follow Mom's direction. I'm not turning around. Well, we can't keep going, can we? Hmm, seem we'd reached a standoff here. The irresistible force. The immovable object. Dad. Until the immovable object blinked. Hand me a map. Of course. Maps. My father had charts of every street, every town, every county in the known free world. Got it! It was time to scout out the terrain, together. Let's take a look. One little problem. Dad? I can't see it. What do you need to see it for? Well, I just Let's thought I'd... Let's see. We must be near Loudonville. It was hard to tell standing four feet below sea level. Oh, come on, Dad. Huh? Can I help? Oh, sure. Hold it up for me, will you? Yeah, I'll with that. But I... Come on, we're wasting time. Now, we all know map companies hire guys who specialize in making map folding a physical impossibility. Oh, here. Let's see this goes away. Get in, we gotta go. <laughs> yeah, but he does it so Jack decides, I'll just check the map. Of course, he puts it on the hood of the car. That, of course, is a foot taller than Kevin. Kevin wants to help. Like, Dad, come on. And Jack's all looking at him like, what? Kevin's like, I want to help. And Jack's like, help do what? I'm looking at a map. What are you going to see that I can't see here? So he's like, oh, you want to help? Here you go. Fold it for me. And then, of course, Jack's in the car waiting for Kevin to figure out how to fold a map because, of course, I don't know anyone. I, I can't even put a map together the right way. Jack finally gets out of the car, takes the map out of Kevin's head, say, hands and says, Hey, look, we're wasting time here. Okay, give it to me. Folds it perfectly. Like, we got to get back on the road now. So Jack backs up the car only to get stuck, the back tire stuck in a mud hole, mud pit, whatever you want to call it, in a little baby ditch with a bunch of mud. And now they wind up in some random city, which Jack's like, oh, we're in Loudonville. And they're like, welcome to Hillsdale. Turns out it's from Hill Valley, not Hillsdale. Oh, Jack is wrong again. Like, oh my goodness. He's not watching where he's going. He's just looking at his odometer the whole time. He's like, hey, we're in Loudonville finally. And it's like, nope, Hillsdale. The guy mentions about the back tire. Jack is like, hey, don't worry about the back tire. Tire's fine. Fill the car up with gas. Check the oil. Yeah. 
Of course, Kevin's like, Dad, shall we at least ask for directions? And Jack's like, no, I'm not going to do that. We're fine the way we are. We got the map. We'll look at the map if we need to. He could really use a GPS. You know, a TomTom. Or, well, if they had cell phones, you'd just go to Google Maps. But, gotta stick with the map. So apparently, this little Phillips station also has a little restaurant next to it. So Jack goes to the bathroom, just wants a coffee. Kevin asks for coffee as well, but then he notices the hottie toddy rate waitress and starts ordering almost everything off of that menu. Jack comes out of the bathroom and is like, what is all this food? I'm not paying for all of this. Kevin's like, hmm, look at your waitress there. And Jack starts kind of flirting with her. Kevin is like, hey, remember you getting us lost? Remember your wife? Yeah. But Kevin plays nice, like, because, you know, being polite in front of a stranger. Turns to Kevin like, I will kill you later. Oh, they finally are- it's dark. It is, like, pitch black outside. Kevin says it took three hours with six wrong turns. And the guy who runs the shop put a clothes on and he's, he's going home for the night. He's done. And two gas stations later. This is insane. You could have been home in that amount of time. Gotten your suits. Gotten all that stuff. Yeah. This trip was not meant to take three hours. And to add to that wonderful surprise. Guess what? They get a flat tire. That flat t- that tire that the guy was mentioning. That Jack is just like, don't worry about it. I got it. The tire is fine. Well, it finally gives way and just goes. <laughs> it's done. It's out. Good thing he's got a spare. Although, of course, in changing a tire, you gotta take the hubcap off, you gotta take the lug nuts off, and one of them is stuck so tight. Kevin is full-on determined, like, his dad can't get it. Kevin is like, I'm going to get this thing off if I have to break my hands in the process. He finally does, and it's like, oh, thank goodness. Of course, oh yeah, I want to uh, play this clip where Kevin and Jack, they finally are at... Uh, they are finally going to blows here because uh, had, Kevin's had enough. Like, you don't listen to people. We could have been here and back and home by now, but you just would not listen to people about the tire, the wrong turns, the everything. Somebody finally spoke. I'll get the jack. Do you need any help with that? I can handle it. I stood there, feeling like a fifth wheel. Not even that. All right, give me some room. Great. Lug nuts jammed. Damn thing won't budge. It might as well be welded on solid. could this have happened of course he probably meant that to be rhetorical still maybe because you didn't listen to that guy back at the gas station i seem to feel the need to shoot off my big mouth what well you should have let me tell you something kevin we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that damn suit of yours my suit look i didn't even want to come here well neither did i 
Traveling halfway around the country? Yeah, well, that's just because you got us lost. I did not get us lost. You did so? I did not. You did so? Damn it. Does this look like we're lost? But the awful truth was, we were. He knew it, and I knew it. We were lost in a way that had nothing to do with Rand McNally or Route 22B. So, yeah, that was just, you know, them kind of coming to blows over this whole thing. Kevin didn't want the suit. Jack is blaming him because we wouldn't even be here for you. If it weren't for you and the... Like, you want to blame someone, blame your wife. She's the one who came up with the idea. And she didn't want to go because it's like... A, a kid should have his father there when he buys a suit. Okay? Why don't you just take his measurements and then... You can just take that in there and get... But whatever. Where the heck is this place? The edge of the earth? <laughs> I mean, my gosh. Were they going to Mordor? I mean, th this trip shouldn't... Have, shouldn't have taken... Three hours. Should not have taken three hours. At least if they hopefully know where... Although, how are they gonna... Oh, they got a dome light in the car, so they'd be able to at least look at the map. I'm not a fan of night driving, but then again, I have to because I work late at my job. So, but I mean, it's it's harder to, even with the headlights, it's still harder to see. You don't know if a deer is going to jump out at you. And, and you got people on bikes on occasion. You got people jogging at night. And it's just like, and then you got people who are crossing the road on occasion wearing all black. Who does that? Stupid people, that's who. You're going to wear all black fine but put some reflective tape on your clothes all right the next episode we're going to look at is the ending scene from the house that jack built this is where karen's in college she decided to rent a house and of course her roommate is a man played by david schwimmer better known as michael who they will eventually get married on the show and then move away but of course jack raised he and norma raised karen their beliefs to be married when you live you don't live together before you're married you get married and then you're together so i'm gonna play this clip and it just shows like definitely you know him and karen again are at odds and it seems like a lot of that for the course of the show that they're always button heads so basically how this comes about like i said karen wants to rent a house uh her roommate is a guy, which the family doesn't know when they come up there. Because Karen invited them up there to kind of help fix the place up. She knows her dad is a handyman. I remember at the beginning of the episode, Jack's dealing with cracks in the foundation of the house. And he's trying to patch up so it doesn't leak. You know, the basement doesn't leak. And I like how that kind of plays into the moral of the story here. As in, there are cracks in his relationship with... Karen, and this actually is a baby arc. It's a very small arc, lasts a couple episodes, where he and Karen are just not speaking to each other. And then eventually, so this is episode or season four, episode 21, and then the dinner out is season five, episode eight. So actually, this is a pretty decent sized arc where he is not speaking to his daughter. Like, you want to live how you live? Fine, but I'm not talking to you. I have nothing to say to you. I don't agree with the way that you're living. And he blows up at her. And she is like, your ideas 
or how you live your life are your own. And I will live my own way. She even says we're not, this isn't the dark ages anymore. This is, you know, times are changing. And Jack is like, I haven't changed. It's like, I know, seriously, I know you haven't. You're stuck in your ways. And this is how you're not going to be able to progress and move forward in life. I mean, nothing against his beliefs or anything. But it's like, you're going to stick your guns on your beliefs. You're always not going to be able to accept change in life. I mean, basically, your kids are the next generation. And ideas, they're individuals as well. And their ideas are not always going to match with your own. You can plant all the, you know, ways of what you've learned into your kids' heads. But at the end of the day, they are their own individual, their own thoughts, feelings, and ways of how they want to live their life. And sadly, you can't, you can't control your kids. You just can't. You gotta let them grow and be themselves. Mr. Arnold, I know we... I, uh, took a walk, did some thinking. I asked myself if, uh, maybe I'm the one who's wrong here. But I just keep coming back to the same answer. this Karen what do you want me to say to that daddy you want me to move back into the dorm as a matter of fact I do I didn't raise you to live this way. What? You mean you didn't raise me to fall in love? You mean you didn't raise me to want to share my life with a loving man? You know damn well what I mean. Daddy, these aren't the dark ages. Times have changed. Things have changed. I haven't changed! I'm not listening to this. You're moving out of here. Look, maybe uh, you're being a little hard on her. This is between my daughter and me. Maybe, sir, but it's also between your daughter and me. Kevin, get my toolbox. Daddy. I'm not staying here. You were the ones who wanted to come see how I'm living. Well, this is how I'm living. I don't have to take that. Fine, Daddy, don't take it, but this is how it is. I raised you with values. I raised you to have better values than this. I don't need your values.
that was so very heated. Oh my goodness. The point where, because Norma and Kevin are on the other side of that screen door, and when Jack blows up at Karen saying, I haven't changed, Norma comes right out and is like, okay, I need to step in here because this is going too, too far. Like, I want to step in before my husband does something that he's later going to regret. And she, you know, Karen says, you know, even though Jack says, I raised you, your mother and I did, to have different, we raised you to have certain values, and I don't agree with how you're living. And Karen's like, well, I don't share the same values as you do. And even the fact that she says, oh, you didn't raise, because Jack says, I didn't raise you, we didn't raise you to live like this. And of course, Karen kind of twists his words saying, like, oh, you didn't raise me to be able to want to share my love and my life with a man. And Jack is like, you know, that's not what I mean. You know what I mean. And I'm just kind of thinking, I mean, this is what, 1970s, maybe 71? Maybe it's 1970, but the thing is, what if Karen were a lesbian and said wanting to share her life with, with a woman and everything like that? And I, I bet anything that he would be just as angry about that. But, you know, Jack's like, he even says, you are not going to be living here. She's like, would you rather have me at the dorms again? And he's like, yes, I would rather have that than see you living here in sin, basically. So Jack's had enough, like, that's it, I'm not staying here for this. And he tells Kevin, go get my toolbox, he and Norma. And I love that look between Kevin and Karen as Kevin is heading towards the car. It's almost a look like, either he's like, I'm sorry, I wish I could help you, or good luck, I'm proud of you for sticking to your guns. Or maybe, like, I, you know, he's seen them blow up before. He's seen them butt heads. They've constantly been doing that for four seasons now. So, all right, now we're going to move to season five, episode one, The Lake, which, of course, I'm playing the towards the end of the episode where Kevin wants to go to the drive-in to see Kara. It's the last night they're going to be at the lake. Kevin or Jack finally caught a fish, which he wants the family, meaning Norma, Kevin, himself, and Wayne, and also, well, Wart is there as well, to eat this fish. This one fish that's maybe two feet long. He didn't clean it. He looks like he just threw it in a pan over a campfire and just watched it burn. It's still got a head on it. It's like, so are we going to, like, just take, like, forks and start picking away at it? Like, this is, like, like we're using spoons at Baskin Robbins and we all have this ginormous sundae? Because that's the impression I'm getting. I was like, ugh. But Jack, of course, is very adamant. It's like, the whole family is staying in. That's why I wanted everyone to come together so we would have this time to spend together as a family. Kevin's like, I'm sorry, Dad. I can't. I have to go. And Jack stands up and says, Kevin, you're staying here. And Kevin's like, why? And Jack says, because I'm your father and I say so. And Kevin's like, sorry, Dad. I gotta go. And just leaves. He defies his father. But all these kids at one point are going to do that. Even Wayne does in the episode 
of um, Private Butthead coming up. Yeah. Eat up. Fish smell great, honey. Aren't y'all proud of your father? Yeah, we've got fish for days. <laughs> yeah, we got fish for days. Of course, I was more than glad to be there for Dad's moment of triumph. Well, I gotta run. Honey? Run where? To the drive-in. You know, with Paul? Afraid not, honey bunch. The Feister's not going anywhere. Mr. Rubberhead's grounded for life. Wayne. Look, Mom, I just have something I have to do, okay? Wait a minute. You know why I brought the whole family up here? Because I thought it might be nice for the whole family to spend a little time together. I caught that fish so we could all enjoy it together. And since this is our last night, I thought we'd spend it with each other together. But, Dad... Kev, I mean it. Part of me knew he was right, but another part of me knew something more. I can't stay, Dad. Kevin, sit down. Why? Because I say so. <laughs> and I'm your father. There it was. My whole life, they'd been his final words. I'm sorry. I'm going. You know, I just watched this episode re recently, you know, because it's going on summer now. And I was even telling Jeremy, like, and how is he getting there? You gotta drive to get to the the, the drive-in. What Are you gonna walk in the dark? Because it's clearly dark out. Also, on the table, I noticed there's a bunch of slices of bread. So, are you just gonna pick into the fish and, like, get enough to, like, put it on a sandwich with mayo? fish sandwiches. That fish looks gross. Like, avoid the face and the tail. Just start picking out bits of it because it hasn't been cleaned either. So you're gonna have its its bones or its ribs and everything. You're gonna be picking... And I love how they say fish for days and I'm like, it's one fish. <laughs> you're gonna all eat this one fish. And I love how Norma says, aren't you proud of your father? And I'm thinking, uh, well, Wart isn't his kid, but <laughs> whatever. So Kevin defies his dad and he just leaves. Like, I'm out of here. Bye. So the next episode I'm going to move to is season five, episode three, entitled The Hardware Store. And the scene I'm going to play is with Kevin at the dinner table complaining about his job at the hardware store, saying... It's just no fun, and Jack gives him a, like, a lecture about, you want to hear about fun? You should hear about my job, and this and that. So, how was work today? <laughs> my father had gotten me the job. What's work? Old man's running your tail off, huh? Tail. <laughs> For some reason, Dad seemed to find a certain humor in seeing his youngest child do time at hard labor. Come to think of it, so did my whole family. So how was your day, honey? Shut up, bud. I think it sounds like fun. <laughs> Working in a store, meeting people, talking to customers. Well, you see, man, that's kind of the problem. No one Ed Harris is one of a kind. Nobody knows hardware like he does. Do you 
you know he sold me the first full set of tools I ever owned? Yes, I do, Dad, but... That was before either of you was even born. Look, it's boring, it's hard work, and it's no fun, okay? Okay? Just to set the record straight here. No fun? Oh, no. Who the hell ever said a job is supposed to be fun? I didn't mean... Let me just give you a piece of advice. <laughs> Listen, you this pay attention. Just might teach you something. And that was that. I was stymied by timeless values <laughs> and an ironclad work ethic, which left only one place to turn. So Ed, I think uh, it's Ed Harris that Kevin's working for, um, Harrison's son's hardware store. The, his kids, of course, did not want to inherit that store. They moved on. One of them, I think, is an accountant. The other one might be a plumber. And Kevin's just complaining about the fact that, you know, no one really comes in anymore. Because normally, oh, it must be nice because you get to, uh, you know, talk to customers and you learn stuff. And Kevin's, like, complaining about the fact that, Quinny, if you jump on this keyboard, or I'm going to spank your butt. If you want to avoid Lund, go into another room. You stop chewing on that bottle water case, please. My my fur children, everybody. My fur children. You both never have to get jobs, so be happy for that. So Kevin just complained about the fact that it's no fun. And Jack, of course, is like, let me give you a piece of advice. The whole time, he's holding a butter knife in his hand, like, pointing it at Kevin. I'm like, okay, yeah, you might want to listen to him, Kevin, because he's holding a butter knife. <laughs> Don't get him angry. Because <laughs> he's basically like, who the hell said that work is supposed to be fun? Well, I mean, depending. If you get a job that you like, it can be fun from time to time. You make it. You make work fun for yourself in a way that you can, right? As I say, sometimes we don't get the jobs we want, but we get the jobs we need until we can get the job that we want. It's life. It sucks. You're, you're working for a paycheck, basically. But at least Kevin can take his mind off of work when he's hanging out with his buddies at the mall who aren't worried about jobs. They're just chilling and having a good time. And, of course, Kevin eyes the burger place, the guy who's got a paper hat. And Kevin's like, well, that could be a fun job. And the fact that he even decides he goes to try to put in his two weeks notice at this place. And the guy is like, you want a raise? I'll give you a raise, but I expect more work from you. And then Kevin's like, he's trying, like, just fight, just let me go. I don't want to work here anymore. Hey! Cat's chewing on wires, I tell you. Oh my goodness gracious sake. The table here is so crowded. Here she comes again. Here she comes again. Hi, baby. Hi, baby. Mwah. Don't, don't sit, sit right there. Just sit there. Don't, don't touch anything. Just hang out for a sec. Mmm. Pretty, you made me lose my train of thought. Thank you. So, Kevin eventually does quit, just hands in his tie, and just says, Well, I'm, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. And, of course, 
He, I think he leaves the hamburger stand at the mall like two months later. But the stuff that he learned at that hardware store, of course, he's still remembering years later after that hardware store is probably turned into like a true value or a, um, uh, what was that other one? There's true, um, there's another one I thought it started with an A. That was like a hardware, Quinn, stop! Mm, Stop it! Oh, this cat, I tell you, I love her, but she's just chewing on wires and she shouldn't be doing that. All right, so we are going to jump next to Season 5, Episode 8, entitled Dinner Out. As I said, Karen and Jack really aren't speaking to each other. Stop it, you're bending it. Ugh. So it's Jack's birthday and Karen shows up with Michael and Norma pulls out the photo album and everyone's kind of reminiscing, and it's really sweet. Karen gets her dad um, a ratchet set, which is really nice, and she says that Michael picked it out. And, of course, Michael is a sore spot. You know, he doesn't, uh, Jack does not agree that they're living together. And, yeah. So, at the end of the episode, Karen comes in and says we need to talk, and they kind of patch things up, so... Next, I'm going to play this dinner table scene where it's really sweet. And Norma got him a photo album that had his birth certificate and his little baby footprints. And it's just really, really cute. And then there's a picture of Jack with with uh, pregnant Norma and everything. And just saying that he hoped that her the baby was a girl. And, of course, Karen gets the ratchet set, says that Michael picked it out of course jack of that kind of turns things sour and uh yeah it just becomes a fight and karen and michael end up leaving and jack just wants to get out of there because he's pissed off now november 6 1927 43 years ago today where'd you get this i asked your father if he had any old pictures of you and he gave me a box your mother left in the attic my birth certificate? Look at the tiny little footprints. <laughs> They're smaller than my thumbs. <laughs> See? And that's when it happened. For the first time that night, you could feel something between us. Something real. Here you are at your college graduation, and here you are leaving for Korea. Any handsome in his uniform? <laughs> Oh, look at me. I'm as big as a house. That was a week before Karen was born. You remember what you said to me when I called you from the hospital? Yeah. I remember. I said I hope it's a girl. In that moment, almost from out of nowhere, we were drawn together again. Oh, it's the whole family. That was a long time ago, huh? It was the family we remembered. The family we loved. The family we'd once been. Here, open my next daddy. Oh. <clears throat> a ratchet set. I could really use this. <laughs> I'm glad. It was Michael's idea. <laughs> Guess you could say it was kind of the high point of the evening. 
Thanks. Well, gee, Dad, don't get all choked up about it. I said thank you. Did you see what he just did, Mom? Did you just see? Honey? Come on, Karen, give the guy a break. It's his birthday. Hey, when I need your help, I'll ask for it. Look, I was just trying to ease the... You've done enough, damn it. That's it. I'm leaving. Karen! You know, I, I don't know why I thought tonight would be any different. Come on, Michael, we're out of here. No. You're not out of here. We're out of here. Where's the check? It was horrible. Wait a minute, Dad, I was gonna pay... Jack, please. Do you need this? Well, that sure went south pretty fast, didn't it? <laughs> oh, it's later that evening. They're back at home. Kevin's flipping through a photo album. Norma's kind of getting the, her bed set up and everything. Jack's just sitting at the table, probably drinking coffee or something. And there's a knock at the door, and Karen's there. And Kevin, of course, gets up, and he's in the doorway kind of overseeing what's going on. And it's a really, really sweet moment. I think I'd like that. You coming in? I can't stay. I know. Not for long, anyway. I know. Wait, where'd it begin? I couldn't hear exactly what they said, but watching them, I finally knew what my father needed for his birthday. Sorry. Not a funny tie. No. Or a $47 meal. Or even a ratchet set. What he needed was... Was to know, deep down, that she remembered what he remembered. <laughs> and to feel, even for that briefest moment, like king for a day. Oh, that is another one that gets me choked up. Mm. It's just Jack and Karen's relationship just always, always gets me choked up. I don't know why, but it does. Alright, now we're going to move on to Season 5, Episode 11, entitled Road Test. I'll be playing the clip towards the end of the episode where Kevin is trying to learn how to parallel park and he's making a bunch of noise with the garbage cans out front and Jack is, like, thinking that someone's trying to, like, rob them or go through their garbage cans because he, he comes out and... I don't know whether he's got a bat, but... <laughs> I like that Kevin just admits, like, he's having issues with parallel parking and he really wants to pass the driver's test so his dad is nice enough to help him out <laughs> 